Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. You know, I felt in my heart to share on the five infallible steps of faith. I'm going to do that, and then we're going to pray. And it seems like a lot of things are just going in that direction today, but let's pray. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word brings light, and today that the Holy Spirit will enlighten the word to our spirits and will grab a hold of the things of God, and these five infallible steps of faith will be established in our lives, and we'll operate in them and see supernatural results in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, the first infallible step in faith is meditating on the word of god and this is something we continually emphasize that you've got to meditate on the word of god the way to to a worry-free life is to stop meditating on your circumstances stop meditating on the negative and start meditating on the word of god on the promises you're going to have one of two options you're either going to meditate on the problems Amen? Turn to your neighbor, say problems. All right? Or you're going to meditate on the promises. Turn to your neighbor, say promises. All right, so you have, you have an option. You're either going to be meditating, like I said, on the problems, or you're going to be meditating on the promises. All right? The more you meditate on the problems, the more worry, fear is going to come upon you. The more you're going to focus on lack, the more you're going to focus on things that are going wrong. But the more you meditate on the word of God, the more faith is going to be stirred up in you. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. So who's going to make your way prosperous? You. You're going to make. No, it doesn't say the Lord. You will make your way prosperous. How are you going to make your way prosperous? By meditating on the the Word of God and observing all that is written in it. God's given us all the tools that we need. We need to take them and then do what the Word of God instructs us to do. And if we do the Word of God, if if we obey God's Word, if we do according to the instructions in the Word, then we shall make our way prosperous and then we shall have good success. You can do it your way or you can do it God's way. If you do it your way, you're not going to have good success. You're going to fail to prosper. But if you do it God's way, you will will have good success and you will make your way prosperous. All right? So look at this. Meditate. You shall not depart. This word shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate. Say meditate. So you shall meditate on the word. Now, this is not like some kind of a new age meditation. Um, You know, it's not... Meditating on the Word of God means reading it intentionally, studying it, thinking on the Word. And then also the word for meditate in the Hebrew means to speak to yourself, to murmur to yourself. So read the Word out loud to yourself. Okay? All right? Because who is the greatest voice of faith in your life? Me. You are the greatest voice of faith in your life. It's one thing to hear the Word from me or another preacher 
It's another thing to hear the word from yourself, from your own mouth. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So meditate, meditating on the scriptures also means speaking them, confessing them, murmuring them to yourself. All right? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and then verse 14. But the word is, the, but the, but the word is nigh unto you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So the word has to be not only in your heart, all right, but it's got to be in your mouth. So speaking the word is part of meditation, is reading the word to yourself, speaking the word, meditating on it, getting your, not only your heart into it, but also your mouth and speaking it. And then go with me to Psalm chapter 1, or the first psalm. Verse 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Notice there's a progression there. First they're walking, then they're standing, then they're sitting. You know, backsliding never happens overnight. You start walking with the counsel of the ungodly, and then that's going to cause you to end up stopping and standing in the way of sinners, and then end up sitting down in the seat of the scornful where you become scornful, mockers. And I know people that used to serve God with, that were on fire, and now they literally just won't even want to, don't even want to talk about God. They get offended when you even mention church or God or the Bible. And they used to be on fire. What happened? Now they become cynical, they become offended, they become jaded. So why? Because they've listened to the wrong things. They've meditated on the wrong stuff. Started by listening to the counsel of the ungodly. And they started to meditate on it. They internalized it. Then it caused them to stand in the way of sinners because ungodly counsel is going to cause you to sin. And that which is not of faith is sin. And what is faith? It's God's word. God's word is the word of faith. So when you do things your way, then you're actually stepping outside of the word of God and it becomes sin because that which is not of faith is sin. All right? And then that's going to lead to the next step. What happens is they're going to end up sitting down among the scornful, sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. They end up going to a different congregation, congregation of the mockers and the scornful. First church of the mockers and the scornful. It's a terrible place to be. Don't visit that church. Don't gather there. Walk right out. If you see a bunch of people, offended people sitting around and all they do is speak about their offense and how, why they don't go to church anymore or now they're going to have a house church. Birds of a feather flock together. The same, they all left someplace offended and they gather together and they're all pastoring each other. No, it's, it, it's, it's happening all over the place. But what does it say? What's the way to success? But verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law or word does he meditate day and night. So meditating on God's word. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Second time we see prosperity, prospering. What you do will prosper. So what does that mean? The way to prosperity is doing something. 
You don't prosper by sitting around and, and fasting and praying and, and expecting money to fall on you. You're going to have to do something. There has to be action. There has to be action. Faith requires action. The right action will get you the right results. The wrong action will get you the wrong results. So the right action is going to cause you to prosper. You will prosper when you do the things that are written in God's word. Obeying God's word, doing according to God's word. You shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Right? Why? Because what is he doing? He's doing the word. Why? Because he's been meditating on the word. So what he does is the right action that lines up with the word and then he prospers. You see that? The ungodly are not so, but, like, like, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So there's the congregation of the righteous, and there's the congregation of the unrighteous. You see, there are, there's always going to be a congregation. Don't join the wrong congregation. They're going to rob you, and they're going to... They're gonna, rob the you know the the heavenly vision that's burning on the inside of you because they're just cynical they're just mockers they're critical they're negative right some christians are so narrow-minded they can look through a keyhole with both eyes some christians are so narrow-minded if they got in your car and touched the car the car battery would go dead they're so negative Stay away from negative people. All they want to do is meditate on the negative. Speak the negative. You can't walk by faith and have success in life and prosper if you're getting around negative people. And you are going to have negative things in your life. Not everything's going to be perfect. We don't live in a perfect world. Things will go wrong. Amen. But don't meditate on them. Don't speak them. Don't internalize them. Don't let, listen, don't allow that to become your reality. Allow, the word of God must become your reality. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, for the way of the ungodly shall perish. So let them keep talking about the great reset. God's about to do a great reset. The great reset, the great reset is the great Anton wealth transfer. The wealth of the wicked that is laid up for the righteous. Let them have the toil and the worry of gathering up so that it finds its way into the hands of the sinner to enjoy. Uh, hands of the righteous to enjoy. So the sinner will gather up, the righteous will enjoy it. There will be an Anton wealth transfer. Supernatural favor will be upon you. This is, this is the year of double favor, double honor, right? Why? Because we've been faithful. We've stood on the word of God. We have not compromised, and God's going to return the honor. When you honor God's word, he honors you. It's very simple. So there'll be favor, just like God gave the Israelites favor, and they stripped the Egyptians of all their wealth. So we're going to strip the wealth of the world, the wealth of the wicked. God's going to do this supernatural work in the last days. Let them keep talking about a great reset. Let them keep mocking God. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. The way of the mockers shall not prosper. So they, they're making plans to prosper, to succeed, but it will fail. And you can see what's happening now in the world. There is a resistance. Of course, the mainstream media will not show it. But there's people by the hundreds of thousands marching 
Look at what's happening in Canada with the truckers. People are joining them. It's happening all over in France. It's happening all. It's happening in many, many nations. The mainstream media will never show it. There is a resistance. And let me tell you right now, you know where the resistance is coming from? The restraint or the resistance. It's the church that's praying. It's the intercession that's taking place because we are praying against. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every wicked plan of the enemy. I bind it. I curse it. I command it to wither up from the roots and disappear. It will not prosper. Lord, we thank you that you are sending confusion upon the plots and the plans of the enemy. When they think, when they think they got it done, when they think they're about to succeed, you will pull the You'll pull it out from under them in the name of Jesus. Pull the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariots. Let, let, it them, let them be like stuck in the mud, spinning their wheels, never going anywhere in the mighty name of Jesus. Because we push back against it. We push back against it. What does the Bible say? Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from. See, we are the resistance. It's actually the church that is praying, but it's mobilizing in people. And unfortunately, many unbelievers are actually more in tune to what's going on than so-called believers. When many in the church have actually cowered down in fear, it's actually people who are not even saved that are rising up saying, Hey, what something is wrong here? This is not right. This is tyranny. Let's stand against it. And see... So there is a resistance, and it's our prayers, and we keep praying against it. See, but you see a lot of the church, they've actually gone right along with it. No, we're not going along with it. We're standing against it, and we are praying against it, and that's releasing this restraint, this resistance. And what happens is when the restraint or the resistance is removed, then... Then the Antichrist, the man of sin, is revealed, and then the fullness of his plans will actually begin to come to fulfillment. But that time has not come yet because we are still here resisting. Why? Because we are not bowing down to the agenda. We're praying against it. Amen. We're standing against it. And I believe our prayers are mobilizing the people because we are praying for a great awakening. Now, this great awakening is a spiritual awakening. But again, it begins with people waking up to the agenda. And I've talked to many, many people that just, they were not even serving God. They were not even saved. And they begin to wake up to these things. And they begin to wonder, what is going on? And it led them to come and find the Lord as a result of it. So there is an awakening. And we, are, we keep praying, Father, open the eyes of the blind. Lift that blindness. Lift that veil of blindness so they can see. Hallelujah. The second infallible step of faith is illumination. When the word of God is illuminated to your spirit. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And we see in the Apostle Paul's prayer. The first prayer that we see in Ephesians. There are four prayers that Paul prayed. And I want to encourage everyone... To be praying for these, praying these prayers, pray the word. Pray, these are powerful prayers. Ephesians 1, and then there's one in Ephesians 3, but look at Ephesians 1, and I'll read this from the Amplified. It starts here in verse 17, or actually we can go to 16, where Paul says, 
I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So here's the prayer. And look at the prayer that starts in 17. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Say spirit of wisdom. Say revelation. So, so God's going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Who likes that idea of having insight into mysteries and secrets? That's the opposite of spiritual blindness. That's the opposite of having a veil over your eyes. The word veil means to cover, right? And mystery means something covered. But when you have insight into mysteries, then the covering is lifted. Now you're able to see, right? And then what happens as a result? Verse 18, by having the eyes of your heart Flooded with light or illuminated. The word there is illuminated. Having your spirit illuminated. The eyes of your heart illuminated. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. How rich. I just wanted to let that sink in for a few seconds. There. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. So we saw the word prosper twice. We seem rich. I think God's trying to say something here. In verse 19. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. What kind of power? That mighty power that's in you and what? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what you ask or think according to that power. Which is what? Immeasurable, unlimited and surpassing greatness. Of his power that is in you for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength so this is what happens you start meditating on the word of god you spend time in the word you're meditating on the word you're thinking on the word you're speaking the word you immerse yourself in the word right and then what happens is now the holy ghost comes right and then he illuminates the word to you what is that? How does that happen? It happens through a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's the Holy Spirit at work. The Holy Spirit at work giving you that wisdom and revelation. Revelation is understanding, uncovering. And wisdom is the ability to see and know the future. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. So once you get knowledge, now you need wisdom. Because I've, I've seen a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but they have no wisdom. What does that mean? There's no application. Wisdom is application. They have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have application. So wisdom gives you the ability to take that knowledge and apply it. And that's how you're going to prosper. By application of the knowledge, wisdom, spirit of wisdom. So everyone say illumination. Right. So first step is meditation. You're meditating on the word. Second step, as you're meditating on the word, the Holy Ghost is there with you. Boom, the lights come on. And all of a sudden, oh, I see oh wow i see what i haven't seen before there it is it was there the whole time i just never saw it now i see it hallelujah i was blind now i see there was a covering over my eyes now the covering has been lifted and now i see i see and i understand and now i also know what to do because now i have a spirit of wisdom i know based on what I see now what I need to do and that ties into vision and we've been speaking on that visions and revelations when it comes to visions and revelations of the Lord 
That's what we will boast of. We're not going to boast of ourselves, but we're going to boast of the visions and revelations of the Lord. So we're living by vision. We're living by revelation. Meditate on the word. Then comes illumination. And then the third step is the prayer of faith. Now you have to pray it. When you have revelation, you have to pray it. You have to speak it with authority. Go to Mark chapter 11. We're going to look at this story. Many are familiar with the story of Jesus that spoke to a tree. Now, of course, Jesus never said, I curse you, tree, right? Peter said that. Peter said that, okay? Look at verse 12, Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And on the morning when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves. Now, if you know anything about figs, the fruit shows up before the leaves. So if there are full-grown leaves, you should expect to have full-grown fruit. So he goes to lift the leaves up, trying to find fruit, that he might find anything there on to eat. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet, which is interesting because if he's got leaves, he should have figs. And Jesus answered and said to it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So he spoke and they heard it. Right? He never said, I curse you, tree, but he spoke a word that was like a curse. Cause that tree. And look at verse 20. And in the morning, which is the next day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Do you have anything in your life that needs to be dried up from the roots? Instead of speaking about it, you need to speak to it. That's why you've got to speak. Stop speaking the problem. You've got to speak the word. Because the more you speak about the problem, the more the problem is going to grow. You're feeding it. Stop feeding the problem. Amen? So he spoke to it. They heard it. The next day, the trees wither up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is wither up. So Jesus never said, I curse you, fig tree. But the words he spoke was like a curse. And cause it to wither up from the roots. And then Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. This is the third infallible step of faith. Having faith in God or having the God kind of faith. That's another way you can translate that. Having the God kind of faith. All right. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, any whosoever is in this place. Who is a whosoever? Let me see the whosoever's. Yeah, you're a, you're a whosoever. We're everyone here. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and I'm pretty sure there was a mountain there also. There's the fig tree. So I want you to picture there's a fig tree dried up from the roots, and then there's a mountain there. So Jesus turns and points to the mountain. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. He didn't say any mountain. He says this mountain. So I'm pretty sure there's a mountain there that he's pointing to. Specific target. Because your faith has to target Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. The word of God is near you. Where? In your heart. And then second place, in your mouth. Say, say to this mountain, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Whosoever shall have whatsoever 
he said. Now, in that verse, three times you see the word say, one time believe. See, a lot of people believe, but they never say it. Your faith has to be verbalized. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, that means you're speaking to the mountain, mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. So speaking with authority, that's called the prayer of faith. Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith and speak. Believe and then say. Believe and then say. Look at the next verse, 24. Wherefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray or when you ask, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's the other thing. When you have been meditating on the word, now it's illuminated to you. Once it's illuminated to you, you know it. It's yours. God's word is not just a promise for anybody now. That word is a promise to you. It is yours. You've taken it. It's illuminated in your heart. You own it. It's yours. You've internalized it. You personalized it. You've taken it now. Now you're speaking it. You've taken it. You're believing it. Now you're speaking it. And you have to speak. You have to speak. Your mouth has to speak faith. You have to speak by faith. That's the, that, that's the third step of faith. After meditating on the word, after having the word illuminated to you, you pray the prayer of faith. What is the prayer of faith? Prayer of faith is not, oh Lord, if it be thou will. That's the prayer of consecration. That's not the prayer, oh Lord, if it be thou will, uh, heal me. It is his will. Oh Lord, if it be thou will, prosper me. It is his will. Oh Lord, if it be thou will, speak to me and, and, and touch me. It is his will to speak to you, to touch you. It is his will. When you know his will, you don't say if, if it be thou will. You speak it with authority. Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. Why? Because you know it. So when you pray for healing, in the name of Jesus, be healed now. I command that sicknesses and disease to be removed from your body right now. I take authority over this depression. I take authority over this negative. I take authority over this attack. I take authority over this thought that's coming to me right now that's negative, contrary to the word of God. I capture this thought. I am punishing it. I say, you will not, in the name of Jesus, rule over me. I rule over you. Be gone right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you down. So you have to use your authority because the prayer of faith is a prayer of authority. And authority comes from revelation. That's why when people don't have revelation, they can't pray with authority. They're fumbling for words and like, if it be thy will, whatever. You don't pray if it be thy will when you know the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. That's the prayer of consecration. And the only time Jesus ever prayed it, and the only time we even ever see it in the Bible is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it wasn't like he didn't know God's will. Come on. He knew the Father's will. He knew that he had to drink from that cup of suffering. And now his human nature is manifesting. Really, his flesh is like, Father, if it be possible. But he knew it wasn't possible. So he said, but not my will, let your will be done. So that's the prayer of consecration. You don't pray that prayer out of context. And unfortunately, people just grab that and they pray that prayer out of context. Because coming, 
having from, you know, coming from a Sunni Muslim background, didn't grow up in church. After I got saved, I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know the difference between, you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, or vegetarian, you know. And I ended up with the Baptist of the Southern kind. This is how clueless I was. I thought, I guess because I'm in Texas, in the South, it's called Southern Baptist. Maybe if you go up North, it's called Northern Baptist. Maybe if you go up to California, it's called Western Baptist. I don't know. Maybe if you go out to the East Coast, they call them themselves Eastern Baptist. I didn't know anything. So, but I heard it all the time. Oh, Lord, if it be your will. They prayed it for everything. They prayed it for everything. Salvation, healing. They prayed it for everything. Lord, if it be your will. And, and what is that? That's actually doubt and unbelief. It's doubt and unbelief. Bible says, listen. In 1 John chapter 5, he says, when we, what, whatever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And this is the confidence we have, that whatsoever we have asked according to his will, we have received it. Why? We know his will. We know that it is his will that all shall be saved, come to repentance, not perish. We know that it is his will to heal all, because all that came to Jesus were healed. It is his will to bless you, to provide for you, to prosper you. It is his will. When you know the will of God, you don't pray if it be thy will, because then it becomes doubt and unbelief. You pray in faith. You pray the prayer of faith. Lord, it is your will. It is your will. And I speak it with authority and with confidence, calling those things which be not as though they were. Whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give it to you. Believe and then speak. That is the prayer of faith. So speak with authority. You need to start speaking into some things in your life. You need to start moving some mountains. We got any mountain movers in this place? We need to start moving some mountains. Start moving that mountain of debt out of your life. Start moving that mountain of, of apathy out of your life. Start moving that mountain of fear out of your life. Start moving that mountain of bondage and addiction out of your life. Speak to it. Take authority over it. Don't tolerate it. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. So when a man or a woman of God moves in faith and speaks with authority, it scares religious people. It makes religious people very nervous. They don't like it. And they'll come to you and say, who do you think you are? And they said that about Jesus to them. What manner of man is he? He speaks and even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of, what manner of man is this? Man full of faith full of the word who speaks the word he was the word made flesh bible says because he spoke the word of god he was anointed without measure so you want listen to me you want to tap into fullness of the anointing you speak the word of god because the word of god is anointed and the holy ghost backs the word the holy ghost does not back your opinions or your feelings the devil will but not the holy spirit you want the holy spirit to move in your life you're going to have to speak the word of god because the word of God is like the wave that the Holy Ghost surfs. So you're going to have to speak the word. And when you speak the word of God, the Holy Spirit begins to move. And mm, I like this one. Who, like, who would like to have holy angels moving on their behalf? Come on. You want to know how to activate angels? Who wants to know how to activate angels? 
praise and worship activates angels and speaking the word of God because the Bible says that angels are ministering spirits that are called to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation and they hearken unto the word or the voice of the Lord God so if you become God's voice speaking his word the angelic host begins to move on your behalf hallelujah angels begin moving you don't have to speak to angels you just speak the word and and, and unfortunately many times there are angels of course we don't see them but they're here there are many here in this room actually right now and we have angels assigned to us to guard us so that we won't dash our feet against the stone I mean, to lift us up to protect us to be a wall of fire about angel of the lord encamps around those who fear him protect him so we have the angelic host assigned to us but unfortunately many times they're like they're just standing there they can't do anything because all the garbage that you're speaking and all the negativity that you're speaking out of your mouth the angels are like oh god i want to help this guy but he is so full of it full of fear full of worry full of negativity and that's all he speaks and i can't move on that it grieves the holy spirit and it grieves the angels they can't help you they're like their hands are tied and they're waiting for you to believe and speak the moment you believe and you speak they're like yes and they're like moving at the speed of light and just going and going forth bringing in the harvest angels are assigned to go make things happen in your life protecting you making a way for you going before you come on hallelujah. hallelujah jesus actually appeared to kenneth hagan and gave him a three-step prayer to be able to release the harvest he said first obviously you're going to be a sower you sow and then he said step one he said call in the harvest in the mighty name of jesus i call in my harvest he said second step rebuke the devil command him to take his foul and filthy hands off of your harvest because he'll try to hinder your harvest from coming in you got to speak with authority over him and then he says he said third step speak that the angels harvesting angels will be released to cause the harvest to come in so there are harvesting angels waiting for you to speak so that when you speak by faith they're going to be released and they're going to start bringing in i mean they're working behind the scenes man why, why you're sleeping and they're working behind the scenes you're resting in faith and speaking in faith and they're doing the work our work is to enter into rest their work is to go out and make things happen amen so it's time to start activating angelic help supernatural help hallelujah it's we see it throughout the bible and an angel came and delivered peter from the prison amen angel came and brought elijah food oh there's a food shortage we got angels bringing us food what are you talking about i got angels who are going to be bringing me food they're ministering spirits we don't seek them we don't worship them we don't try to have a conversation with them that's what new age does we're not looking for them i'm not looking for an angel to come and touch me i want the holy ghost to touch me but when i speak god's word the host of heaven and that is actually a military term these are warrior angels 
People tell me, I saw an angel. No, you didn't. You saw, if you see an angel, you wouldn't be talking to me like that. You see an angel, a holy angel, you'll fall on your face. You'll be shaking and trembling. That's why when angels actually appeared to people, one of the first things they said, fear not. Because a holy fear will strike you when you see an angel. Because they're not little babies like Cupid with diapers and little bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. These are holy warrior angels, flames of fire. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, by entertaining strangers, some have entertained angels. They are messengers. And I'm not seeking an angel. If the Lord wants to send one to give me a message, wonderful. If not, I got the word I can go to. So let's not become a bunch of charismaniacs looking for an angel to come every day to guide us through the affairs of life. I'm waiting on my angel to come and guide me through the day. That's new age stuff. Get away from that. Just go to the word and meditate on the word. And then you'll receive illumination. Then pray the prayer of faith. Amen. And then the fourth step is confession. But now this is a little bit different because the key to confession is consistency. Because I've heard people, they confess it once or twice and then next day something else. You've got to consistently confess the same word until you see the fulfillment. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Is this helping anybody here today? Hebrews chapter 4. All right. These are keys that I'm giving you. The five infallible steps of faith, Hebrews chapter 4, and then verses 14 through 16. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession or confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at this. Let us hold fast to the profession. Let us hold fast. All right. Amplified says, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. That word hold fast means to take a hold of it and not let go. That means once you've got a word, you've got to hold on to it. Because it will be challenged. It will be tested. And the testing of your faith will come. So you've got to not back down. You can't go, well, I guess, well, I, don't, I guess it wasn't going to happen. Now, what are you doing? You, you're actually cursing your own life, your own self. Keep speaking life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 23. Watch this now. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Again, you see boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Boldness to go to the throne of grace boldly. So boldness. How does boldness come? When you have a word from God, you have boldness. And unshakable faith means I got a word from God and I'm holding on to it and I will not let it go. And I will speak it and I will keep speaking it and I will keep speaking it and I will keep speaking it and I will not speak against it. I will not change. I will not repent. What does that mean? I will not change the word repent means to change god is not a man that he should repent right he does not lie 
He does not repent. Why? He doesn't change his words. If he has said it, that settles it. So that means you got to say it and you got to believe it and you got to keep speaking it. You got to hold fast to it and not give up, right? Let us draw, right? Uh, let us come boldly, boldness. And then verse 20, by a new and a living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our hope without wavering, for he that is faithful, or for he is faithful that promised, or he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast. The Amplified says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain, retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. So seize, hold fast, retain without wavering the confession. Hold fast to the confession. Keep confessing the same thing with thanksgiving, right? You ask once, you have it. Now you just give thanks for it. You, you just keep giving thanks because you have received it the first time you asked for it, right? Believe that you have received the moment you have asked. You have it. It doesn't matter whether you see it or not, whether you feel it or not. People might say, well, where is it? We don't see it. Oh, no, no, no. I have it. Amen. It's done. In God's timing, it will manifest. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it takes a little bit. Everything is different. There are things that just are instant. There are things that will be this week. There are things that will be maybe this month. There are things that will be this year. There will be things that will be maybe a few years down the line. But you have to stay with the word you got from the Lord. Don't allow discouragement. Don't allow the enemy to come and shake you. Have unshakable, unwavering faith. Keep speaking it, keep speaking it, because you've been meditating on the word, right? First step. Now you have illumination. That word has been illuminated to your heart. You have revelation. You got it. It's yours. It's burning there. You see it. It's clear as day. Now you're praying the prayer of faith. You're speaking it with boldness. And now what you're doing is you keep confessing. You keep staying hopeful and seizing and confessing and holding fast to that word you got and keep thanking God, believing that it's done not wavering and then eventually step five will manifest which is possession this is when it finally manifests it is yours you have it it's in your possession you have possessed the promise it has manifested it has been fulfilled it is undeniable now others will even see it and those that didn't believe it will come alongside to celebrate with you because you'll be throwing a party come on somebody Hallelujah. Write the vision. Make it plain. Read it. Speak it. Hold on to it. Hold fast to it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.